0: In general, it's much easier to qualify for the reverse mortgage Mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. One is that we don't go by the standard debt ratio. That's the big driver in traditional lending, but we go by something called residual income. Actually, that was one of the problems with the early program was that there was no financial assessment at all. If homeowners were age eligible, they could move into this program. And the problem with that was that people were getting the reverse mortgage when they really didn't. Have the ability to pay the property taxes or keep the home insured mm-hmm. or keep it maintained, and that proved out to be a, a problem, you know, with the program. So, you know, more recently, there's been a financial assessment in place that does make sure that that the the homeowners are, you know, in the position to really continue to to live there and, and maintain the home and pay for those mm-hmm. other elements, property taxes and
1: homeowners insurance. Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams. I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and in some cases, in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, and who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Aging in Style. Today our topic is reverse mortgages. And if you're like me, you know just a little bit about reverse mortgages and you may have heard something negative and I wanted to talk to a specialist about reverse mortgages and just get the scoop on it and you know why it has a bad rap or why it had a bad rap, what a reverse mortgage is and when it's a good idea to, um, to use one. And I had a wonderful conversation last week with this lady and that's why I wanted her to come on and talk to all of us and educate us on reverse mortgages. So our guest today is Brenda Bonin, She is a retirement mortgage consultant and uh, she served the Dallas-Fort Worth area for 20 years. She views a mortgage as a financial instrument that can help homeowners achieve their big-picture financial goals. I'm so excited to have her on. She is with Mutual of Omaha and she'll tell us more about everything. So welcome, Brenda. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Of course. So when we talked last week, I made a lot of notes. And I asked you a lot of questions because I really just knew enough to be dangerous about reverse mortgages. And I've had families ask me about them and I don't want to give false information. So on this podcast, we're really going to just get into the myths and the truths and, um, you know, what a reverse mortgage is. So why don't we start off by just, you know, first off, what is a reverse mortgage?
0: Yes, Uh, for today, we're gonna be talking about the home equity conversion mortgage, which is the FHA insured reverse mortgage. Mm -hmm. And it is an age specific mortgage, specifically for those who are uh, age 62 and better. And it allows homeowners to convert a portion of their home equity into cash without having to sell their property or give up title to their home or
1: without having to make any mortgage payments okay great now tell us why when some people bring up the topic of reverse mortgage it makes them cringe and they say oh this is not a good thing to have why does it have a bad rap yes that's a good question and it's unfortunate because it's it's a
0: really great financial instrument that can help a lot of people but a lot of the misconception is carry over from the time at which it predates the home equity conversion mortgage, the FHA insured product. And before that time, banks could really make up their own rules and and it wasn't highly regulated and it, it could be a risky venture for people. So um, under the Reagan administration, the, the government came out with the, the FHA insured product so that homeowners could use their home equity to stay at home. They could use their home to stay at home, so that's when it first came out as an FHA-insured product. And um, even even then, there um, there were some problems with the product itself. And because it's not mainstream and offered by banks on every corner, it continues to be misunderstood, right. unfortunately. So that's part of our job is to educate the community mm-hmm. and and just educate people around what you know what exactly. Um, are the truths. And one of the biggest misconceptions is that if you move to a a reverse mortgage, that you will give up title to your home. And that is, that is a myth you don't, you, you only, you and only you keep title to your home and you continue to control the property just, just as you would with a different type of mortgage, or if you owned it free and clear.
1: Okay. And so when we were talking earlier, so this is a product that has been, or the concept of reverse mortgage came out like in the 80s, right? And Pretty then, much, yeah, rolled out by the government, the okay. Program. And then what you're calling it, because you call it something different, you call it a home equity conversion mortgage, HECM, right?
0: Yes, HECM.
1: HECM, so heckum it's really sure. yeah. it's the same <laughs> It's the same concept as a reverse mortgage, but it's called something different. I just want to make sure I understand it correctly.
0: It is the FHA insured reverse mortgage. So it has the technical name, home equity conversion mortgage, which really describes what it does Mm -hmm. for people. It helps them convert some of their home equity into cash.
1: Is this the only product out there now or are there still like other types of reverse mortgages or is everything this type of? a product now? That's a good question. But the majority of reverse mortgages today are, are the
0: HECM. Okay. And then there are proprietary programs that are available for uh, loan limits that exceed the FHA limit. So those are going to be home values over a million. It's, you know, uh, that that would be the proprietary program category. And then also, uh, if, for example, if the property type is a condominium, it has to be an FHA-approved property. So um, there are proprietary programs that are uh, out there to serve, you know, those homeowners who might be in a condominium that isn't FHA-approved. Okay, but those are going to be a small percentage. Mm-hmm. And and for for discussion purposes, we're going to be referring specifically to the the home equity conversion mortgage.
1: Okay. And then you had mentioned earlier when we talked that another reason it had a bad rap was because of the age, like you had to be 62, but someone, you know, a spouse could be younger and ended up losing the house. So explain that again, how, and this is no longer the case, but this was part of the bad rap. Exactly. There was a problem before now I can't, maybe around
0: 2015, but let's say there was a Couple, married couple where one was 62, but the other spouse was younger. What was happening is that they would take the younger spouse off of title and proceed with the reverse mortgage. And then when that older homeowner passed away, that triggered the loan due and payable. And in most cases, they have to sell the property to pay off the loan. And therefore, the younger spouse was forced to move out of home and her in most cases this was a widow Mm -hmm. so that was a a very undesirable outcome
1: that's not a good look on anyone yeah
0: (laughs) it's not popular to kick widows out of their homes Mm -hmm. and it was really a misuse of the the process because you really shouldn't take off take the younger spouse off of title but that was happening and in a number of cases and so that was a correction was made to the program where in Texas, the the solution was that both spouses have to be at least 62 years old. In other states, you can have a trailing spouse. So only one person has to be age 62. And if there's a trailing spouse, they have a deferral period where, where they may remain in the home as long as they need to. So uh, it complicates things a little bit, but in all states except for Texas, you can have a younger spouse.
1: Okay, very good. Okay, good to know. Now, question, what are some reasons why someone would want to do a reverse mortgage? Well, in many cases, um, when people are nearing and into retirement,
0: their single biggest asset may be their home and in many cases um, they have a lot of equity or maybe they even own it free and clear but the problem with home equity is that it isn't worth anything until it's converted to cash and unlike other assets it's not really divestible in pieces you can't just com- sell one piece of your home and and have a, a liquid asset so in those cases you know the home is an illiquid asset and the reverse mortgage is a Instrument that allows homeowners to convert some of that equity into cash. So then they can use it for any purpose that they want to. Mm-hmm. In many cases, um, people will use it to uh, subsidize their cash flow in retirement. They will uh, use it for home repairs or to pay for long term care insurance or to bring in help into the home. Sometimes people use it for things they always wanted to do like Mm -hmm. hobbies or travel or spoiling their grandkids. Mm -hmm. So the the ways that people use the money is unlimited. And uh, one of the other benefits, if they do still have a mortgage that that we would be refinancing, then that eliminates a required mortgage payment, because with the reverse mortgage, they never have to make monthly mortgage payments.
1: Okay. So for example, I'll just throw out maybe a situation. So say you have a couple, both are 62 or better. They own their home free and clear, let's say just for easy purposes, like it's worth $500,000. The wife develops dementia, the husband can't care for her and they need to place her in a memory care. So how would he go about doing that, getting the, because the reverse mortgage, that would help him to be able to pay. So how would that play out?
0: Well, in that case, they would want to make sure that they had all their directives in place uh, where there was a power of attorney Mm -hmm. that they had in place before this situation arises. That's one of the things you and I talked about. So, yes, so
1: important to do all this in advance. We've talked um, in a couple of podcasts about having like a book with all of your affairs in order. So you would want that in advance before this happens.
0: Yes, absolutely. And, and really, it is a um, it is meant to be a primary residence for the homeowners. So you would really want to take out that reverse mortgage and have it in place before they get to that point in time where somebody isn't able to live in the home anymore. Now, in this case, maybe they are bringing help in that mm-hmm. sometimes where people start with is having mm-hmm. home care come into the home. And, um, it would absolutely be a very big benefit to that couple that you described, yeah, if they you know needed to have some extra cash flow to help pay for that.
1: So maybe they start off with that. They have um, home care. So they do a reverse mm-hmm. mortgage so that they have the cash to pay for that. But what you know the point comes where the husband wants to stay in the home, but his wife needs more care than can be provided then can he use the money to help him pay for the cost of a memory care? Does it work like that? It does. It does. And as long as he is still living in the home as
0: his Mm -hmm. primary residence, then the benefits of the program and the
1: loan stay in place. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so back to, for instance, you just need some home care. You need to, you know, maybe someone had a stroke and you need a caregiver to come in three, four days a week, whatever. So the house is paid for. You go ahead. You do a reverse mortgage, and then you're getting X amount to help pay for it. You don't pay anything back until you're ready to sell the house. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So all the, any proceeds
0: will will flow to the homeowner uh, tax free, mm-hmm. and there's no payment repayment due until the end point, which is when you know those homeowners decide to sell and move. Or when the last homeowner has passed away or can no longer live in the property. And okay. then the, the loan is triggered due and payable and can be settled in a, a number of ways, but most most people and their family or, or their heirs will sell the property to pay off that loan and any remaining equity will flow to their heirs.
1: Okay. I think we talked about this also. So, you know, say that someone did take the money out and the house as has been the case here in Texas, could continue appreciating. So, so there's that. You know that maybe they've taken this cash out, but when it comes time to repay it, it's really not as as bad as they thought it was going to be. What they were going to owe because the house has appreciated, right? Absolutely, and we
0: illustrate that. You know, for each and every homeowner that that looks at at this as a potential strategy for them, mm-hmm. and project. You know, what are you know how might this look in the future? Because The the way that it works, people will say, well, how is it that I don't have to make any payments? Well, interest is accruing Mm -hmm. over time on the loan if no payments are made and the loan balance is going up. That is the that is the reverse portion. Uh, That's how it's a reverse to traditional loan. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the home is expected to continue to appreciate. And of course, we we can't possibly know the future as to how much appreciation there's going to be. Um, we we could potentially have some flat years or some years where values are down, but by and large, uh, real estate appreciates, mm-hmm. and uh, especially in Texas, it's been a good run for appreciating properties. Really, yeah, and across the country has. too. Mm-hmm. So that does offset some of that accruing interest, and and the benefits that any family can enjoy during the process certainly can outweigh that that loan balance in the endpoint.
1: And I know you mentioned, of course, you know there's going to be interest on the loan because it is it is a loan. How much generally, or you know, that may be hard to say, but how much is the interest typically?
0: You're right. It's not really it's not really a general. Mm-hmm. Number or anything yeah. because there's so many variables mm-hmm. so one of the variables is you know how how large was the loan amount at the beginning were we paying off a large mortgage or was the home free and clear mm-hmm. but in general the prevailing interest rate is going to be similar to a traditional mortgage. It's not going to be a, a lot different mm-hmm. and in in most cases it is an adjustable rate mortgage, which again is one of those, concepts that people say, well, I don't really want an adjustable rate. And, and in, when it comes you know, to the HECM, it's a, a very good thing to have because the line of credit that comes along with this is growing at the interest rate plus 0.5. And the adjustable rate is how you get that line of credit. So
1: okay. you
0: have to you have a little bit of a different paradigm when it comes to looking at a reverse mortgage than you might when you're when you're looking at traditional mortgages.
1: Mm-hmm. So how much do you just out of curiosity, is there like, a, you know, an average that most people take out when they do the line of credit? Or is it just varies on what what they want to do? It varies completely
0: on on, you know, what they want to do. And it's very flexible. So the amount that is available in the reverse mortgage is driven by three factors, which is the age of the youngest borrower, the value of the home, and then the prevailing interest rates. And then, kind of the fourth factor is, is there a mortgage that we're re- replacing, mm-hmm. you know, with the reverse mortgage? So as you can see, those are a lot of variables, but they can get get their funds in in three ways: lump sum. Uh, a lot of people will take, you know, some cash at closing to pay off credit card debts, or maybe mm-hmm. they are buying a new car or they need a new air conditioner or something like that. The other way is to to receive monthly payments. Sometimes people will just say, if I just had an extra $1,000 a month, everything would work beautifully. And so that's the way they structure it. And then a third way is to just leave the, the funds that are available to them in a line of credit and draw mm-hmm. on it only when and how they need it. Mm-hmm and then you can do a combination of those three so as you can see it's it's highly versatile and very flexible Mm -hmm. and it's custom really to to each homeowner that's looking into this
1: okay so like if someone had retired and you know social security wasn't cutting it for them and they just have their house they could say you know what, an extra thousand a month would really help me. They would just borrow, like, that might be the thing that lets them stay in their home and have, you know, everything they need. So that's what they would do. And it's just like, like refinancing, basically. So you go through closing and all of all of that. They have closing costs and, and that sort of thing involved. Is that correct? That's correct. It's really the same process as with traditional
0: mortgage financing okay. when it comes to how you know we do an appraisal we order title work and go you know process the loan underwrite it and Mm -hmm.
1: and yes there's some closing costs involved okay does it come into their credit because i know someone's going to have that question out there with their credit that probably has something to do with how much they can take and their interest rate right it's a very good question
0: and we do look at credit because what we're looking at is any other uh, obligations that they may have mm-hmm. and credit history but interestingly there is no credit score minimum and less than perfect credit does not impact the terms of borrowing.
1: Okay. That's good to know because I've had, you know, people and people call me and they'll say you know i have bad credit can i still move into senior living which which they typically can but you know it's it's interesting that that does come up and and a lot of times you know it's due to you know medical expenses you know one family member you know that sort of thing so um so that's good to know
0: well i was going to say in general it's much easier to qualify for the reverse mortgage Mm -hmm. um for a couple of reasons one is that that we don't go by the standard debt ratio, that's the big driver in traditional lending, but we go by something called residual income. Mm-hmm. And, and actually that was one of the problems with the early program was that there was no financial assessment at all. If if homeowners were age eligible, they could move into this program. And the problem with that was that people were getting the reverse mortgage when they when they really didn't have the ability to pay the property taxes or keep the mm-hmm. home insured. Mm-hmm. Or keep it maintained and and that you know, sh- proved out to be a, a problem, you know with the program. So you know more recently, there's been a financial assessment in place that does make sure that 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 the the homeowners are you know in the position to really continue to to live there and and maintain the home and pay pay for those other mm-hmm. elements, property taxes and homeowners insurance. And even still, with the financial assessment, it's easier to qualify. And if you um, have a lot of equity in your home, that can actually be a factor that helps with the qualification, too. So mm-hmm. no one should ever think, oh, I, my credit is is damaged and I won't be able to qualify. Should they should, If they're interested, they should go ahead and, and see what it looks like for them. Yeah,
1: especially if they have, you know, a paid off house sitting there with, you know, equity in it, as you said, doesn't do you any good. You know, to have this huge asset if you can't use it. so that's that's interesting, okay. So you know, like you said, if someone can't they're having a hard time paying insurance on the house and you know, maybe property taxes. so like in in Texas, property taxes have just gone up. I just, you know got my my letter and had a heart attack. But anyhow, <laughs> um all of it, <laughs> yeah, so that could be like say someone on a fixed income, say they're Seventy years old, and you know, all they're da- drawing is their social security. But they have this, you know, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars home. That is again where they could say, "I'm going to get that extra thousand a month, and that's going to help us to pay the property taxes and pay insurance and that sort of thing." Do you see people using it for that sort of situation? Oh, absolutely,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: really you know meant to be um, use
0: your home to stay at home. Yeah, and, and whatever that means to mm-hmm. to to that homeowner, in that case, just you know helping them easily meet the property tax and homeowner insurance obligations.
1: Yeah, that's good because you know what I—it's funny. I had never thought about it that way. I had just always thought about it like if you had you know one spouse who had medical issues or needed to go into assisted living, but I hadn't thought about it in that you know you end up on a limited income once you have retired and to be able to use that asset of your house to help you stay there so i think that's that's another great way to think about it and another great use of this type of a mortgage definitely yeah okay great basically i think we probably answered all these questions but how it works is you know if someone is interested for any of these reasons that we've mentioned they would just Contact you or whoever their mortgage person is. And then they just get you explain, like, how would that happen? What, how does that go? I guess if someone calls, oh, sure.
0: Yeah. If anyone calls, we, we talk through, you know, really the most important thing is, you know, what are your goals? What, what, what are you trying to accomplish? Is there something that, you know, you're struggling with? Does it, you know, do you have good cash flow? Do you have some expenses coming up? And just really understand, you know, where is that? Person in their in their life and what are their needs and goals and that's where we start and then of mm-hmm. course we look at at the you know the technical factors of um what your how many years young are you um, how <laughs> about how much is your home worth do you have a mortgage currently and gather some of those technical details and then we would create a custom proposal with a scenario or two for for them to look at and. It's interesting because once people see their own situation in an illustration then they start to 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 see how it works mm-hmm. and what the possibilities are and the benefits actually get very excited about being able to reach those goals.
1: Mm-hmm. That's great. Because I think before I talked to you, I really didn't understand it. And even, you know, we had a conversation last week, but even talking today, it's kind of like a light bulb went off that I understand how this can be a benefit to, um, to people in more ways than, you know, just like needing care in their home. They can use it for so many other things. So, okay. And then you said that, there's no, it's tax free also. So there's nothing like with the IRS, what's going to happen with their taxes? Nothing. Yeah, there is no income tax impact at all. Okay. Very cool. We
0: all love to hear that. <laughs> yes, yes. So for the longest time, it, this is again, one of those misconceptions is that they the, they were thinking of this product as the loan of last resort. And mm-hmm. um, that, that just isn't true. And many of my clients are high net worth individuals who are referred to me by their financial advisors, and they're using it as a coordinated strategy in managing other assets and and mm-hmm. helping helping those other assets last longer. So it's very important to realize that it it really is for people of all walks of life and different goal sets and and different scenarios. It's very flexible, versatile financial instrument
1: that's great I think that's very eye-opening for me and I think it will be for a lot of our listeners too um you know just exactly what it is because you know so many of us like we've said just had such a misconception about how it can be used anything else that you want to add on how um, you know maybe how people can contact you if they're interested in learning more oh sure I, I hope that people will want to find out and be
0: educated instead of accepting some of the misconceptions that are out there. And and that's in mo- most of my clients. What they will say is, um, I just wish I would have done this earlier. Mm-hmm. So um, whether you call me or another trusted advisor, I would just say, um, look into it and see how it will look for you and what, what kind of benefits it might bring to your life.
1: I and- can- Completely agree with that. And, you know, the other thing I was going to mention, and, and you probably hear this too, I talked to so many people who say, well, the house is for my kids. I want to leave it for my kids. And, you know, that's all well and good. But if you're in a position where you need care, this is the time to use that asset, probably your biggest asset, use it to take care of you. And I think that most kids would want their parents to do that rather than, you I know, agree. You know, I, I completely I, I agree. Do.
0: Yeah. Most kids want mom and dad to live well and um we have to consider that when social security was was first established the life expectancy was in the 60s mm-hmm. and it is not uncommon today for people to be living into their 90s. Yeah. But that really changes that paradigm. It mm-hmm. it just um it, it says we have to think differently about our own retirement. And the biggest fear that people have is outliving their money. 100%. And mm-hmm. they, they really need to use all of their assets to live well because they might be living long. Yeah. And someone who's 90, I just had a, um, a closing with one of my favorite clients who just recently turned 90. And her children are in their 60s and they're well established and have their own homes and aren't, you know, looking at some big inheritance from her. They just want her to live well.
1: Absolutely. And she's staying in her home. Was she using the money for caregivers or is she still getting around okay? She is
0: amazingly highly independent and doesn't need any in-home care at this point. Mm -hmm. But she needed cash. Mm-hmm. And she had gone through all of her other assets. She was very much opposed to the idea of reverse mortgage. And it mm-hmm. all turned out to be because of misconceptions that she had read about. And, and then she took the time to learn and understand the, the truths and, instead of the, the myths. And mm-hmm. um, she's the one who said she, she should have decided earlier.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. She,
0: she's very excited to be able to stay in her home because she... She loves her home and her neighborhood and her friends and the activities that they do. And and
1: so it's a you know, wonderful outcome for her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so many of us, right? We want to stay in our homes as long as possible, as long as we're safe, as long as we can afford it. And so I think this is a great tool for people. And um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this information. And can you tell people how they can reach you? Well, sure. the The best way to reach me is give me a call. I'm
0: at 469-682-6633 and um, be happy to have a conversation. We at Mutual of Omaha, we can really help people nationwide. So you can always call me first
1: and if and I can introduce you to someone in your local community. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and clearing this up because I always think, you know, just when we have just a little piece of the puzzle, a little information, that can be dangerous and we make you know incorrect assumptions when there's a product out here that could actually help us so i appreciate you coming on here and explaining this to us my pleasure thank you for having me okay great well thank you guys for listening and we will have more information listed so that you can contact brenda we'll have her phone number um, listed as well and please share this podcast with your friends and family because I think it's great information and we're all about educating people and what we don't know we don't know I mean we need to it's important to have all the knowledge that we can so thanks for listening be sure to like and follow the podcast so you never miss an episode we'll talk to you next week bye-bye